This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's a great Friday episode uh, that you don't want to miss. Just, it's been a crazy week. And we talk about the secret documents that were, you know, in the Corvette. I mean, nothing is, nobody's going to steal anything when there's a Corvette in the room. The hypocrisy of all of it, which is missing the point. Um, Plus all the other crazy news stories of the week. Bill O'Reilly joins us. And uh, we also end the week the way we started the week. And that is talking a little bit about gratitude. But this time we have the world's leading expert on the brain and what gratitude actually does to you and how it really changes your life. All this on today's podcast. Here it is. And we would show you real gratitude if you subscribe to the podcast, rate or review the podcast and give us five stars or five dollars or just hand us a bunch of money. But if you don't want to do that, just subscribe to this. Who does America on Blaze TV, blazetv.com. Oh, don't forget also tomorrow's podcast, Richard Dreyfus. It's crazy. Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. A couple of uh, stories uh, to note. Let's start with the president and his documents. Now there is a third place that he stores uh, top secret documents. Um, You remember when Trump did this and they were in a room and the FBI had told him, you know, it had to be locked. And so he put the special lock on, but that wasn't good enough. And uh, they were all speculating that he may have, uh, the designs of the stealth bomber, uh, and he was <laughs> going to sell them to Russia. Yeah, selling yeah. them to Russia. Remember uh-huh. all of that speculation. These, I mean, this is this could be nuclear secrets, um, and none of that was true. Now, Joe Biden, three different locations, and I love the response when it was found in his garage. But I put it in, uh, it's in my garage with my Corvette. I lock the door. Oh, I know. Those garage door openers, that you cannot penetrate those places. It's like Fort Knox. Oh, it is. And and you know what? There are two people in that garage at all time, and they both have keys to the Corvette mm. and guns. And you can't start that Corvette. You'll look and say, sir, turn your key. And they're in there all the time, so... That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's an impen- like you said, it's impenetrable. Yeah. And the third location is where? Do we know yet? I think his other vacation home. Mm, because you know, a man, so, so he's got him at both his homes. I think one of the one and of them was, the office at University of Pennsylvania. Right, but but other than that, uh, just other the other places that, he has them. Um, but yeah, I think uh, one of them only wow. there was only one document there. They found oh, okay. just the right. one. Just one. And then, okay. so right again. What I find to be fascinating about this is how they, the most transparent administration that focuses so much on transparency, that's all they care about. Somehow they found out about this before the election and didn't tell anybody. 
And then when the press found out about this, they were already at a point in the timeline where they knew about these additional fines on the documents. And when the press came to them and said, hey, we heard about the, these documents that were found, they said, uh, well, yeah, sure. And didn't say anything about the additional documents they already knew about. They lied and lied yeah. and lied and hoped and prayed that no one would say anything. <laughs> and now eventually we finally know. But the, I mean, it, they're hiding something, right? Uh, the implosion of trust. This is why, look, when you have the implosion of trust, I told you, that is the last step before usually a world war. And a total reset. And I said before we understood the great reset. So I kind of regret those words. Uh, it wasn't me. I didn't call it on. Anyway, um, <laughs> the implosion of trust. That is the reset comes whether you like it or not. The reset comes either with uh, fire, terror and blood uh, because a fascistic kind of authoritarian leader has to come up because you don't believe the doctors you don't believe the banks you won't do what they say to do the bubba effect you think if a submariner takes a picture of a submarine in port for his daughter to see remember this that guy went to prison for it you think that the community on anything like that not top secret just that you think the community is going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. He took a picture of the sub for his daughter and he's going to prison. But all of these people with the top secret stuff, that's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. The Bubba effect. So you don't do what you have to do as a society to stay together. You're not all on the same page. So an authoritarian has to step up or. There needs to be, and I hate to use this word because I don't mean it the way I don't mean it the way the communists mean it, a purge. You have to have somebody go in, do investigations. Well, let me just say this is what the Freedom Caucus was talking about. Do investigations, do them properly, and let the real rule of law work and restore the trust. But you think there's another pandemic coming? Do you think anybody is going to stand in line for that vax? Look at Lisa Marie Presley. She dies. Mm -hmm. First thing a lot of people thought was, I wonder if she had the vaccine. Yeah. And with good reason, people wonder that because we've seen many, many stories about young people who are otherwise healthy who have just dropped dead. Literally. But you know what? She's not an example of young people. Well, she's people. only 54. No. But That's she's not been very a, old. She had, but she had a long-term opioid addiction. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like she, right. She's a, been a, a mess. Are you saying heroin addicts are unhealthy? <laughs> yeah, I, again, How like, dare you? No. And Lizzo is the picture of health. <laughs> right. Like, I You've think, seen her in the bikini? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are certainly, you know, I think better examples of, of, of why you would worry on this. But I think it's your point, Glenn, I think is really on the mark here which is nobody trusts anything anymore no. right like you just immediately jump to what the worst case scenario because so often the worst case scenario is the thing that's actually true <laughs> you know it seems right. like over and over mm -hmm. again where whatever we thought the worst case scenario could be winds up being true and so you're gonna be that's gonna be one of the first things you go to is like I, whatever they're telling me i don't trust and the whole concept of a civilization is based on trust trust it really is. And yep. All I would want, 
uh, speaking for myself, all I would want is for them to look into this. Oh, yeah, of course. That's all I want. Just look uh, into it right. and see if it has anything at all to but do with do the vaccine. You tr- we just got a study from environmentalists, mm-hmm. and the government is taking it seriously about gas stoves. And right. they say, we're not doing anything. The states are doing it. Washington mm-hmm. State has already made it. New York, so, too, I think. Yeah, so you cannot have build a new home mm-hmm. with a gas stove in it. Well, where? why? Why? Because they took that seriously. See, the administration is doing all kinds of things, and they're doing them based on these studies. So if you get a study mm-hmm. that says, no, actually, the vaccine had nothing to do, nobody's going to believe it. Because no one has any credibility and it becomes very dangerous. A good example of this is, you know, we had Paul Ehrlich spend the 1970s telling us we were all going to die, that there was going to be no UK, you know, in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. The West Side Freeway or Highway in New York was going to be completely submerged Uh, by now. uh, Well, there'd be no food for the population (laughs) by 1980. We won't, people will be struggling to have a a steak as, you know, only the richest people on earth will be eating it. We were told by 2020 there would be no snow caps in North America. Have you noticed in the Sierra Nevadas the snow cap (laughs) this year? There's some snow. Uh, So you go through all of this for 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Paul Ehrlich, using Mm -hmm. him as a specific example of some of these uh, claims, has been around for 50 years. And this week... He was on television with a new environmental scare story that they put on network television. And we're supposed to believe. How the hell is this guy still he's on television making claims? No Because people don't know who he is. They, these huh. people are, are washed over and over again, yes. usually in the university system. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem. Look, here's where it gets dangerous. It's already dangerous with doctors. It's already dangerous because do, who do you trust? Mm-hmm. Who do you trust? When things are really coming down to it and the pharmaceutical company says, no, this is great. Do you trust that, that that is what they say it well, is? Well, no, because they've been hiding information. We just found that Not out again. Not only hiding information, they're in collusion with the government. With the government. Yeah. So what do you do? This week, the FAA grounded all flights. Okay, That hasn't happened since 9-11. And that was the only other time it's ever happened. Right. So we grounded all flights. Why? Because there was a glitch in the computer system where they contact the planes and go, hey, uh, by the way, there's another plane coming your way. So there was a glitch in the computer system. Now, Pete Buttigieg finds out about it. And Pete Buttigieg, you know, he gets on the case and immediately says, you know what? It was no big deal. This was not espionage. This was not somebody trying to do this. It was just a it was just a, a an uncorrupted or I'm sorry. It was just a corrupted file. Well, wait, (laughs) isn't that how espionage works? I mean, it doesn't have to be espionage, but it's basically what they're saying is somebody downloaded, you know, C. Lizzo in uh, a bikini and somebody opened it and it infected all of the the entire server system. Mm -hmm. Okay, me personally. I think you'd be smarter if you said see Lizzo in a bikini and it didn't corrupt the files unless you push delete. But anyway, um, so the uh, the the, somebody went in and did something they weren't supposed to do and it corrupted a file and shut it all down. Coincidentally, 
on the same day, at the same time, Canada had mm. the same corrupted file. Mm-hmm. Now, I how think the did, UK did as well. They had how some did that so. happen? Yeah. How did that happen? I, and if you think mm. that, you know, you don't need a spy. Why use a spy with a thumb drive that has to go in, you know, cloak and dagger and like, I'm okay, I'm at the, the main FAA Apple and I'm just going to put this thumb drive in it and I'm going to infect that machine. Why do that? When you can easily find out who works with the FBA, F, FAA and is on those computers all the time and target an email that they'll open up and then it's infected and it's over. Well, these people are lying to you that we're, we, we, there's no evidence. Well, of course, there's no evidence yet. Are you even looking into it? You really expect us to believe that the first time we have grounded all of our airplanes mm-hmm. since 9-11 and the second mm-hmm. time in all of aviation history it's ever happened on the same day it happened in Canada. And I'm just learning now from you guys, I guess, in Great Britain. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Both Canada and Great Britain so, said it was completely unrelated, though. Huh. It's weird. <laughs> Isn't that a coincidence? What a weird, what a weird coincidence! What a weird. They're still investigating the root cause of the failure. Really? Huh? Huh? Now, on the other side of our border, the FAA said we're continuing a thorough review to determine the root cause. Wait, Canada? We're still investigating the root cause of the failure. America? We're continuing a thorough review to determine <laughs> the root cause. That's weird. Another coincidence. Another coincidence. Doing the same thing. Same thing. And saying the exact same thing. Our preliminary work has traced the outage to a damaged database file. Wow. A corrupted file. How was it corrupted? Well, there's no evidence of a cyber attack. That wasn't the question. (laughs) The question was, how was it corrupted? This is this is embarrassing. Mysterious coincidence. Yeah, and it's true. Like this is going off a little bit more on on this particular angle on the story, but it's like we were told for how many years that the Russians yeah. were were, we're doing, were doing so things. many things like this that <laughs> right. they were going to take. They took over the 2016 election and basically right. handed it to Donald Trump. And like you, that's basically what we were told from right. the media. And you don't think they're doing the low hanging fruit? And now we're in a position where we're funding. Sixty billion dollars worth of mm-hmm. missiles to fire at their people and their soldiers, and they don't do it. <laughs> and they're, they're like, not no, we're not going to do any cyber attacks right now. Yeah. Nothing's going on. Yeah, <laughs> really? I want you to do something real quick. I want you to Google Google corrupted file. One of the top links is from the U.S. government cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Okay, just Google corrupted file. You'll see U.S. government cybersecurity. Click on it. Understanding hidden threats with corrupted software files. It goes on to explain how hackers use phishing attacks to corrupt files on your computer and shut down like your life or like air traffic control. Yeah, but we know that didn't happen. There's no, no, no hacking no. involved no, at all. Of course nobody, not. nobody hacked no, into this. No, of course system. not. It was probably, so. if there was hacking, it was a lone wolf. Right? Yes. It definitely. Yes. Definitely not something. Maybe it could have been a Republican, an extreme. Probably. Probably a white supremacist. Freedom caucus. This is the sort of valuable stuff that happens on this program. Mm -hmm. Glenn just asked me to to just tell everybody, hey, search for corrupted file, which I listened. Mm -hmm. I I did that as he was talking. And I saw the first link, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is corruptafile.net. 
And apparently what the service is, is you like, this is what it says. Struggle with a report you can't complete? Bored by an Excel sheet? Tired with this code which won't work? Send us your file and we'll corrupt it. Your boss, customer, or teacher will think you delivered it on time and he can't open it due to a technology hassle. Oh Mission my completed. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Fantastic. You know, oh, I have man. a feeling though that's a little like Googling how do I dispose of a 115-pound body. <laughs> uh, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. Thank you for joining us, Pat. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to call this segment, May God Have Mercy on Our Souls, okay? And I'll explain that afterwards. But I want to play a few clips here for you. This is not an old clip of Kamala Harris talking about electric school buses. This is a new one, just happened. Here's Kamala Harris in front of a group of adults and the transportation agency talking about one of her favorite things. Here it is. You know what also excites me? What I'm I, among the many things I'm excited about electric school buses. I love electric school buses. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Hey, raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh! This woman is nuts. I mean, this is, I feel like, the 10th time I've seen this clip. She, oh, yeah. Does she say this at every speech? Oh, I don't know. But that wasn't even a speech. That was a question and answer yeah. thing. You know, so what else is going on? You know what I'm excited about? <laughs> School buses. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> then, in answering <laughs> so another question, listen to this. I convened, and I've convened now at least three times, uh, a group that has is their acronym, CARICOM. It is the Caribbean Nations island nations in the western hemisphere that is where the caribbean is we are also in the western hemisphere they are our neighbors oh dear god i mean who is she talking is she talking to school children she no she's talking to a group of so-called informed adults that went to go listen to her and the transportation people about what the future is for you're telling them that we're in the Western Hemisphere? <laughs> if those people don't know that we're in the Western Hemisphere, we're more screwed than I think. And we're so screwed, I think Jesus <laughs> is coming soon. Uh, may I ask your, for your expert opinion on something related uh-huh. to this? Uh-huh. Uh, you're a guy who's who got around. Uh, you lived a little when you lived were younger. A little, yeah, you yeah, lived yeah, a little yeah, when you were yeah. younger. Uh-huh. There was uh-huh. some... Uh, uh, some drug. Uh, yes, you were in yes. that world. Yes, uh, I have a friend whose theory is that Kamala Harris is constantly high. No, not, no, 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 no. The theory she is, is constantly that- low, low IQ. <laughs> she is dumb as a box of sand. She is. You might as well take a sandbag, put it in heels, and there's your vice president. You will be safer but, as a nation. May God have mercy on our soul. But does does dumb make you laugh hysterically at the idea of an electric school bus? No, I would she's say no. Fake. She's dumb, so she doesn't know how mm-hmm. to do things. Her job is to promote electric school buses. She doesn't know how to do it, so she overacts and like, <laughs> and she looks mm-hmm. crazy and dumb. She's not high. 
She's not crazy. She's just dumb. But she's not the best clip. Mm. I want to play. Uh, I want to play a clip of Hank Johnson. Now I want to remind you who Hank Johnson is. Now let's listen to what he said this week to a reporter outside of the Capitol when they found out and they asked him, "What do you think about the top secret documents of Biden?" Listen. My response to it all is that. Mm-hmm. Alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, uh-huh. Joseph Biden. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much that needs to be um, investigated. Oh, and, and we agree. Um, yes, and that's that's what I call for is yeah. for everything to be investigated. Good. But yeah. I'm suspicious of Uh-oh. the timing of it. I'm I'm so also I. aware of the fact that things can be planted on people. Ah. Pe- Places and things can be planted. Mm. Um, mm. Things things can be planted in places right. uh, and then discovered conveniently. Uh-huh. That may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out, but I don't, I'm I'm open in terms of the investigation needs to be investigated. Yeah, I will tell you, things can be planted, and and there's a history of people at Joe Biden's houses where they people groups of people come out and plant things right around his garage um they're called bushes and trees but if they can plant that at his house why can't they plant the top secret documents he's he's brilliant let me remind you who this genius is this is what he said when he's talking to an admiral about the number of marines we have on the island of guam listen very small island and about 24 miles if i recall long Mm-hmm. So 20, 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest okay. uh, place on the island, and about 20, about 12 miles wide. Uh, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Oh, dear God. Uh, we don't anticipate that. <laughs> That's the admiral. The admiral, because he's in uniform, has to say we don't anticipate that problem. I mm. would give my right arm to have been the one under question when he asked that question, because my response would have been first look to the left, look to the right look right directly into the camera and say, it's not just me, right? Right? And then say, sir, that, that, that is not even worthy of an answer. You, sir, are a moron <laughs> if you think that islands will capsize, that we have to balance Guam and Hawaii and all of these islands. That's not the way it works. And may God have mercy on not your soul. May God have mercy on the souls of everyone who voted for you. Because at this time, these people are so stupid or ignorant or they just don't care that they can't see that you are a complete and total moron. But I think I just gave the Adam Sandler speech. 
Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That is so true. I mean, think about this. That clip from the Guam clip with Hank Johnson was 2010. Ten. He's won re-election like six times right. since then. Right. And I will say, I am disappointed uh, in in the entire media. I want to hear commentary about every issue from Hank Johnson. Anytime anything happens, f- put a microphone in front of this man's face and let him talk about it. I just want to know if what he's thinking. If you do that, he will be the Secretary of Transportation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, oh my, how shame, shame on everyone in his district. Shame on everyone in his district. You cannot be that stupid. You can't. Hmm. It's impossible. It's impossible. Impossible like Guam capsizing impossible? Or? Like Guam hmm. capsizing impossible. You cannot be that. And if you are that stupid, we really need to just go there as as people, hug them, hold their hand, say, God bless you. You bless your heart. You are so cute. But you shouldn't vote anymore. In fact, as a country, we cannot allow you to vote because you think Guam could capsize? And if you don't, you thought it was okay to keep that guy in office? Because that wasn't a good question. Wasn't a good question. Wasn't a good thought. Wasn't. So bless your heart, sweetheart. You are, oh, you're so cute. You're so cute. No voting rights for you. I am, I am really to the point to where I don't want some litmus test where, you know, where we have to test people. that They be genius. I just like them. Do you think this could be the only question? Do you think an island could capsize if we put too many people on one side of the island? If they even hesitate, "Ah, you're out. I don't think that is, you know, that's that's not racist. What they, you know, did where they would put, you know, all these tough questions. How many windows in the White House? No, 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 no. I want to test white people, black people, Asians. I want to test anyone who says they want to vote. Do you think an island could capsize? Well, nope, sorry. I can't find your name anywhere in the records. Can't find it. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Dr. Paul Zak, he is a Claremont Graduate University professor, which usually does not go in somebody's favor on this program. Uh, but in his case, uh, it's a it's a great thing. He has been he has been studying uh, scientifically um, how to improve your attitude in your life, how to create experiences that are really good because we're changing as a society. I want to talk to him specifically about gratitude. His latest book is called Immersion, The Science of Extraordinary and the Source of Happiness. Welcome, Paul. How are you, sir? 
Good morning, Glenn. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. Um, so I started the week asking my audience to start recognizing things that they're grateful for, because I think we're so far away from understanding gratitude and uh, applying the actual action that that should um, uh, 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 turn you turn your gratitude into. We don't even recognize the things most time that we're grateful for. Can you talk to me a little bit about the science of gratitude and how it changes or perhaps doesn't change our life? Right. I think you your setup was exactly correct, that we have things that are so good now for most of us that we just feel like we're entitled to perfection. But we are um, a social species and we need the other people around us to really live satisfied lives. So the data show that people who are grateful live longer and live healthier. That is, they flourish better. And they flourish because they're connected to those around us. So when we are the opposite of grateful, when we're entitled, who yeah. wants to be around that person? Oh, it's the worst. I, I've noticed that because I, I used to be a despicable human being, alcoholic, and I was just really in my 30s, and I sobered up, and I, I started to live my life completely differently. And I used to think I hate people, and that's when I was miserable. Um, I love people now, and I love talking to people. I love going into you know uh, a diner and the waitress, and we'll strike up a conversation. You know, what's your life like? What's happening? And it makes me happier. It just makes me happier. Yeah, and our brains evolved in human beings to connect to others. So we have specific anatomical functions that are different than any other animal that, as you said, give us that value of social connection. And when we're grateful, we are pleasant to be around. We are aware of other people's emotions. We let those people into our lives and vice versa. And so we end up being of service to others, right? And when you're nice to that waitress, she also has a better day. And then we start this virtuous cycle where you have a nice customer, the waitress is happy, she's nicer to the next customer. And that's the way that we can improve society. So social media has got to destroy happiness with what everything we're doing where we're on our phones all the time man we're kids are sitting next to each other and they're not talking they're texting each other um you know with with ai starting to come there's an app now where you know you can have an ai friend that will talk to you that that's not the same and it's it's just not it seems to me that that's one of the things that we are really missing is a closeness to a physical friend or family. We're just caught up in this this world, and that world that we're in is also telling us you don't have enough. Somebody has more. Like, like every good question, the answer is yes and no, right? To the extent that people are lonely, that is not adaptive for human beings. It's, it's you know a big risk factor for early death and unhappiness. So social media, in studies we've done, gives you between 50 and 80% of a real in-person interaction. Mm. So it's not a bad substitute. Now, the in-person, you have so much more bandwidth hitting your brain, right? You have touch, you have smell, you have eye contact. So you need that in-person interaction if you can get it. But if you can't, I think social media is not a bad substitute if you're using that to form connections. So not just looking at, you know, a five-second TikTok, but actually doing FaceTime, you know, uh, connecting to people on Facebook, whatever it is. 
and by the actually way, talking to people or communicating yeah, one-on-one with somebody. For sure. Okay. And what's really cool is that that one-on-one builds our capacity to emotionally connect to others very rapidly. So the more we connect, the easier it is. And here's the really cool thing from a health perspective. Those social connections reduce cardiovascular stress, improve the immune system, keep us healthier and happier. Okay, but may, may I just clarify one thing? That's not tweeting something and then reading the responses. That What you're talking about is an actual community, even if it's text back and forth with one another. You're talking about one-on-one communication or not? Yes, sir, one-on-one, exactly. Okay, all right. Um, the, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you, you know about you know, Glenn Fox and imagine you're a Holocaust survivor. So everything is, everything's better than that. Um, uh, Victor Frankl, however, in man's search for meaning, he found meaning because nothing had meaning. Does gratitude play a role at that point on a level we can all understand? It does to the extent that it connects us to others, right? So Frankel found meaning in others and just living every day and of being of service to others. So part of the practice of gratitude is connecting and serving others and serving something bigger than yourself. That makes you grateful to be on the planet. So when I said earlier this week that we just have to at least start noticing the things that we're grateful for, and every day, once a day when you get up or, you know, twice a day, get up and go to sleep or whenever you want to write it. But just write a list of the people and the things that you are grateful for. Um, in, in My intent is that people will eventually start to say those things to those people and start to put into action those thoughts. But you first have to really kind of train yourself to notice these things. Does, is there any kind of benefit from just noticing those things, having that switch turn on? There is, because, again, it focuses us on being good members of our communities, right, connecting us to others. Glenn, some years ago, uh, Time Magazine, your favorite publication, <laughs> uh, asked me to write a, a couple of sentences on uh, New Year's resolutions, which I'm not a big fan of, honestly, but they said, no, yeah. what, what's your New Year news here? And I said, what I really want to do is for every social interaction I have, add love to the world. So I call that the Love Plus program. So I think that's a great way to show gratitude, right? So every time you interact with someone, are you adding love to the world? Are you decreasing love? Are you making that person happier or less happy? And if you're making that person happier, you get the reflection of that. They go, oh, wow, it was so great to talk to Glenn. He was so nice. I'm picking up the waitress in the diner you spoke to. Right. right. So then you start this virtuous cycle, and that's where that gratitude has a global impact you have let me let me switch uh subjects here for just just a bit just kind of slide over to something else that you do um you're an entrepreneur you have you know uh founded all kinds of different things the immersion neuroscience a software platform um and you have also been with some of the biggest businesses um you know you're a ted talks guy and you talk a lot about these experiences people are craving for real experiences um and so you try to put this in and teach business people how to increase happiness through experiences um i was talking to you about the uh the metaverse 
And I, I mean, I really see a time where a lot of people who don't have anything really going in their lives, they don't necessarily have a job and, you know, it, life for them is very different and they want to escape. They're working to pay for admission to the metaverse where they can be anything is is the real experience that you study for happiness and and share with these Fortune 500 company, companies are real experiences, which I think people are are craving. Are they different than like what is coming in the metaverse? Uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, I think our brain doesn't strongly differentiate between experiences in person and flickering images. Think of people crying at movies, which neurologically to me is fascinating. Right? You know, these are fictional uh, stories. You know, these are professional actors. You're aware you're in a theater. And yet at the end of the movie, the boy gets the girl. So I agree with you, Glenn. I think there's a risk that in the metaverse with that 3D surround, that is going to be so compelling that we're just going to stay in our little rooms and never right. and talk to real humans and lose that physical contact, lose that smell, that touch, that eye contact. What does that do? Long run. I mean, it feels like we're running so many experience, uh, experiments on our children right now, you know, with all of the stuff. I know Silicon Valley is like, no, my kids aren't online. My kids don't have these devices. Um, and we don't even know what this is going to do to them. Um, what does it do when you're trapped in a virtual world a lot of the time? Anything? Again, from, from a neurologic perspective, the brain doesn't differentiate. We adapt right away to that new world. So again, if it's so uh, interesting and compelling and much more um, you know, valuable to us than the actual world, then we, we do have a problem. So I think the answer is going to be a little bit probably okay. Like, uh, you know, anything, like yeah. your food or moderation, anything. a little bit probably all right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But don't overdo yeah. it. Right. Um, with you saying that our happiness, I'm, what I'm searching here for, and I'm sure you know, I'm, I'm searching for what is the hole that we would be a good place to start filling in. There's so much suicide and despair and anger in the world. Um, I know when I was younger, I really didn't want to have any children. I have four children. Um, and now that I'm, you know, 58, all I can think of is I, I, wow, 59, I'm sorry. All I can think of now is besides when did I get so old is I wish I had eight children because of the only thing family is the only thing that really gives true lasting happiness with us not having children, so many children and women now waiting so long is that affecting us too? The data are not clear on that, but I think the great thing about children is they, particularly for men, they really humanize us, right? We really learn how to give full love to others. So I think people without children and people whose children are out of the house can take that same approach and apply it to our dear friends, to our elderly family members, to our nieces and nephews. Um, again, the brain is so adaptive and we need connection, just uh, desperately need it. I have about two minutes left and I just want to ask you, the science of the extraordinary is such a great uh, opening line for your, your book, Immersion. Can you, can you boil that down in 90 seconds and tell me what that is? What does it even mean? Yeah, so there is a, a science to extraordinary experiences from uh, movies to um, uh, customer experiences to social interactions. 
And it's driven by these two core neurochemicals that are measurable. And once we measure those, then we can really create extraordinary experiences. And as you said, Glenn, basically stretch our brains to be better social creatures, to be more emotionally connected to others, to be fully present and really build our own happiness and flourishing. And is this written for the average person or is this mainly a business book of people how to run their businesses in a much more human sort of way to give the customer the best experience? Yeah, it's really both. I mean, it focuses on businesses, but if you think about anything you do in your life, arranging your house, getting married, right, we're all creating experiences. So uh, lots of tips on there on how to live a happier life. And again, stretch your brain to really be fully present for those around you. Um, I can't thank you enough for what you study. And, and we did our homework. Um, you are, I mean, you're not just only the, the, the leading you know, source of this stuff. You are really, really buttoned up on it and have done so much. Uh, we are, I am struggling to look how I can help my audience find um, peace in an absolute tumultuous world where everything seems upside down. We're looking at, we're, we're missing something to be able to weather through this and be able to get to the other side because we all will survive. Uh, and I'd like to talk to you again. And if there's ever anything that comes to mind, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank Paul. you, Glenn. Appreciate I'm grateful it. for you. God bless. Me too. For you. Uh, Dr. Paul Zach. Uh, the name of the book is Immersion. We barely talked about it, but pick it up. Um, the science behind what happens when we feel gratitude. Na, 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 na.